We close the week with a question from a listener named Bob. Pastor John, I struggle with understanding what the Bible teaches on grace and how I should live in light of this wonderful gift. I've been taught to be killing sin or it will be killing me, but I've also been taught to relax, that there is grace enough in the Holy Spirit to take care of us. This all makes my head spin and seems a bit dangerous for how comfortable I can get with my own sin. I know that we should not sin so that grace abounds, but then how ought we to live? What's a biblical view of grace in our sanctification? There are some head-spinning things in the Bible, and and one of the one of the callings of teachers, and one of the hopes I have for this podcast is I can I can keep his head from spinning off. The first thing I think I should do is clarify what might be a slight distortion of the meaning of God's grace in the way the question is posed. Bob asks or contrasts the work of killing sin with a kind of relaxation. He contrasts the work of killing sin with a kind of relaxation that seems to say that grace is what you're enjoying when you relax, but something else is operating when you're working or striving. He says, but I've also been taught to relax. There's grace enough in the Holy Spirit to take care of us. Well, yes, and a lot of people have that view. And the problem with it biblically is that grace in the New Testament is not just the gift of restfulness, but the power of God to enable us to strive for holiness and work for holiness. For example, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So the first thing I want to say to Bob is don't frame the question that way. Don't don't say that the Bible sometimes teaches us to strive and sometimes teaches us to be relaxed in grace. Rather say, how, Pastor John, do we put together the biblical exhortations to strive and work and fight by grace with the biblical exhortations to rest and be content in grace? That's the head spinner. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the real head spinner for anybody who reads, reads the Bible carefully. So the New Testament says things like, and, and he knows this, he's citing them, Hebrews 12, 14, strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And Romans 8, 13, uh, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. And Luke 13, 24, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter, will not be able. Now, right there in Luke 13, 24, those words of Jesus, there's a clue. At least it points to a clue of how it is that people who are justified by faith alone and who believe they are secure in Christ and will make it to heaven by God's grace, how do those people um, go through the narrow door? How do they strive? And, and the reason I say it's a clue is because there's a parallel in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, which says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy, 
that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now that sounds, whoa, good night. Christian life is just hard, narrow, work, strive. Yes. However, four chapters later in Matthew, that's why I think Matthew's the best help here is because you're dealing in the same gospel with the same Jesus talking the same language. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. You can just feel it being lifted, right? Verse 30, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, in Matthew seven fourteen, the way is hard that leads to life. And in Matthew eleven thirty, the yoke of Jesus is easy and light. So I get why his head is spinning. My head spins. One of the greatest questions in life is how those fit together. And you may take a lifetime to to live it, if not learn it. And here's my suggestion for how, how I put those together anyway, and you can think it through on your own. The fight, the striving, the narrow, the hard, the work, the warfare is not a striving to get Christ or to earn salvation. It is a striving precisely to rest. Now, I know that sounds like a contradiction, but think of it this way. When Jesus calls us to come to him and rest, he means rest in him. Find your soul resting in him. We are to find Jesus to be our rest, or to use different words, and it's important to use these words, find Jesus to be our contentment, find Jesus to be our peace, find Jesus to be our satisfaction. That's what Jesus is for us, and he's bidding us come and find him to be that for us. And when Jesus is becoming that for us in large measure, that is our victory over competing pleasures of sin. And therefore, it is warfare. The way we kill sin, the way we successfully strive and work to put sin to death is by doing whatever it takes to be more happy in Jesus, more restful in Jesus, more content and satisfied in Jesus than in sin. So all striving, all working, all fighting is a striving and working and fighting to rest, to be content, to be satisfied, to be happy in Jesus. This is the only way of gospel sanctification. If you don't put to death sinful temptation by a superior satisfaction in Jesus, but only by your willpower, then you're going to get the glory and not Jesus, and that's not biblical sanctification. First Peter 4.11 let him who serves 
serve in the strength that God supplies so that in everything God may get the glory through Jesus. So how do we strive and work and fight to serve God? Answer by receiving, by receiving power, grace from God so that God gets the glory. And that power flows through faith, faith in God's promises. And the essence of faith in promises is being satisfied in the promises, trusting in the promises, resting in the promises, being content in the promises. And that satisfaction is the rest of Matthew 11. So so the the reason Jesus says it's hard is because we love sin. We don't love to rest. We we love to find our satisfaction in this world and in sin. And he says, as long as you are preferring, as long as you are preferring this world over me, sin over me, then the only way for you to conceive of the Christian life is killing. You must kill that. But the the goal of the killing is the rest. And if you are already at rest in Jesus, and he is a superior satisfaction to you over all sin, you don't have to fight. You're there. But nobody's there. So so in this way, we, we fight. And every day, God gives us measures of restfulness, and we defeat sin. Fighting our way to true rest. That is such a helpful way of putting this. Thank you, Pastor John. And thanks for the question, Bob. Well, for more details about this podcast or to catch up on past episodes that we've released or to subscribe to the audio feed and even send us a question of your own, go to our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash ask Pastor John. We are going to break for the weekend, but on Monday, we feel the question from a mother of a young son who wants to know how do parents prepare their children for the inevitable suffering to come in this life? Ooh, it's a great question. Don't miss it. That's Monday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We'll see you then.